Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the topic of holiday stress and guilt, which I think is a very important one. And we will be doing crystals within the next couple of shows. But before we get into that, um, next week, which is the 29th of December 2011, is our 600th show. So if people would like to come down and be in the audience, contact me at telepathictv at yahoo.com. Yeah, please today come join in us. Mayan? Yes, there are many days today in Mayan. There we go. All right. And as soon as we get the camera in, it's a 12-tone day, which is a crystal day. And it's Akbal. And Akbal is the tribe of the night, or the dreamer. And it's about subconscious things. And um, truly so. Perhaps you had unusual dreams last night. I sure did. Yeah, um, myself included. And it's, I dedicate in order to dream. We understand very little about dreaming at the current point in our world epic. The, um, every advancement mankind has ever made, and I would venture to say ever will make, is based on someone's dream. And yet the person who's the most put down in our society is the dreamer. And I do believe that's why John Lennon chose an early exit, just really tired of the whole thing. See all. <laughs> I may be a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Is one of the most profound things ever said on our planet. So as, I, as you know, we are dreamers, those of us who uh, have the imagination, who have the boldness to dream. Because yeah. uh, many people do not have. Well, and choose it so. That's all right. Everybody's perfect. Everybody came to do exactly okay. what they mm. came to do. All right. That's true. So it's a good day for uh, cooperating with your dreams and using them to create and uh, allowing things to come into fruition. Yeah. But today we really did decide kind of um, today to do one on holiday guilt and holiday stress because we haven't done one in a very long time. And we used to do it every year between Thanksgiving and Christmas around there because I found many years ago that the holidays can be both exciting and extremely stressful. And if you look at what the nature of them, the philosophy, is about all of us having goodwill and kindness and getting together and sharing warm moments with each other. But usually the, the build-up to that point is so stressful with shopping and spending. I remember when my kids were little, I would spend on my credit card an amount of money that I really couldn't afford to give little trinkets that probably ended up in a landfill within a month or in someone's closet and then gave them all this guilt about what do they do with this because they don't really want it. And I realized that if I had just kept that $500 or whatever, I could have bought new shoes for my kids. I could have done all these things. Yeah, and what happened things. is I ended up paying off that credit card with my tax return instead of buying things that I really could use so for betterment of my life. it's a form of slavery yet again. This yeah. is another form of slavery. And it's and not about not giving. That. It's just a matter of not giving to the point where it's hurting you. Or, you know, when we were young, and this was when dinosaurs roamed I'm the earth now. wearing toupees. We're young. Um, you know, this was just the eagles. At any rate, when we were young, you got one or two things. And every year since I have that memory, there's been an increased number of gifts. Personally, I think it really ought to be one thing. I don't care who it is, but never more than one gift. 
and this, and also nothing manufactured. Okay, because I've done this that is many years. Yeah, this there has been this absolute stampede, especially since the technology is unfolding this way, that you get someone something meaningful, which means it's got a chip in it. That's what meaningful means. Now, if you look up meaningful in the dictionary, it will says, it'll say has a chip in it. I think it's on its shoulder. Well, that's but good still. to know because I'd been wondering about that for many years, and now, now that yeah, so mystery is solved. Agreed to one gift for one other person, never more than one. Well, for any no, just to get this back in command okay. because this has become a form. This is the point we make so many years in a row that the Christmas, the holiday guilt is a form of slavery, and I, I have. I Christmas shop all year long, and I have like a closet that you know gifts for gifts for assorted people, and uh, once and you can actually stop. I mean, but we can't. You can go out and buy a gift for everybody you know, and then the next week, you're out there again buying a gift for everyone you know, and this is this endless treadmill of uh, giving, and it never. It just doesn't work. The whole thing doesn't work. One gift that means a lot. Okay, well, now, we got... And the other thing we always do is we buy something that we think would be great because we would like it, but when you give that to someone else, it's a foreign language. They don't speak that. Some, sometimes, yes. Yeah, well, would very often. So something, I, I that's usually why, look to see what I think that person would really love yeah. rather than it being things like... Uh, if it were that I would be giving everyone tarot decks and <laughs> crystals and things like that yeah, all the time. Yeah, which we do, but not everyone gets that. Mm -hmm. So to get a hold of this thing, because it's totally, I, seriously, to call in with your opinion, is this out of control, the Christmas stampede? Isn't well, this a little insane? Has anybody else been to a um, Walmart or anything? Mm -hmm. Here, go ahead. Well, I, I don't, that is very stressful, yes and getting out there doing the holiday shopping and things like that. And it's not, as we got the duck joining us early tonight, guys. Um, it, it's not really the stress of shopping that I would like to emphasize, although that's very stressful. It's this guilt oblige that consumerism, commercialism, creates certain holidays and then sponsors or pays for movies that elicit all these warm and fuzzy feelings involved in giving objects to each other. And it's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with giving things to each other, and I think it's wonderful. But I know setting up those expectations yeah. through a fantasy can, can sometimes lead to pain. I remember when my kids were small, and I was worried about getting my sons something that they wanted, and they were little tiny children. And I couldn't, and they would have thought that if they didn't get that, then they must have done something wrong and things like that Guilt because they weren't good. Yeah. And it sets parents up, and if they don't have the money, it can be very, very stressful. But it's not even the gift giving. It's this obliged to be giving and giving and that somehow we're failing. Yeah. And I, I realized this morning that relaxation can certainly be stressful. All this work we do to have a relaxing, fun day and that perhaps create a holiday or next year, just have it be the most relaxing way possible. Just make sandwiches. Nobody does anything. Yeah, real, that's over another the top. whole thing. And there's and now there's the um, this releasing a movie on Christmas Day because everybody is so far apart from everyone at this point. As soon as you've given the gifts out and the people have opened them, 
then there's nothing to do. They're, they're, so, well, then let's go to a movie. You know, and so then it's a very big deal what movie is released on Christmas Day because it is guaranteed to have a huge population because people have absolutely no idea what to do after the gifts have been opened. The kids are gone playing with whatever toys and the adults, you know, what is that? That's well, just not the way it works. It wasn't we started, the design of it. We started assigning the value of gift giving yeah. the topic of love. And so we get the gift, and we don't feel satisfied. It does not feel loving. So then we look for something else. A lot of people report being very depressed on Christmas Day after the gift thing, after that crescendo moment has happened, yeah. and then everybody's sitting around, like you're saying, bored. But often there's well, a depression that comes along with it because it's not a valid, real thing. Yes, if we can just open everyone's eyes to the idea that depression and guilt are synonyms, which could be the subject of a whole book, and I really do debate writing that. But if you feel guilty, then you feel depressed. They are synonyms. So when someone says, I feel so depressed, your object then becomes to find out what they feel so guilty about. Now, since guilt is total fiction, it's, brought, it's constructed by an artificial uh, matrix to begin with, then it could be relatively easy to just go, oh, well, no, I'd prefer to feel well about myself. And yes, I've had experiences that are not what they could have been, but who hasn't? You know, to, to reset the guilt thing, to not feel guilty, will do away with holiday guilt. I mean, understand depression and guilt and feeling bad and feeling sour and, and all of this stuff is as a direct relation to guilt. And guilt is anger that you don't feel you have a right to have. So this happens every Christmas like clockwork, every holiday like clockwork. You, you overspend, you spend what you don't have, you know, which is not something you would do. And then you feel very angry about that, but you have no right to feel angry about it because what you did was supposed to make other people happy. But not only did it make them happy, it made you guilty and therefore you are depressed. And that's what's going on around the holidays. And there are people that are seriously cashing in on this. And this is what this is on this, on this planet. This is the form of slavery that we exist in. And it's not just around the holidays. It's the form of slavery we exist in. Nobody is allowed to take care of themselves. We're supposed to take care of everyone else all the time. And then that just keeps them from, and they're, they're, I agree with rendering aid where it is to be rendered. But I'm just saying allowing everyone to be to take care of themselves. Of course, a small child cannot do that. I understand that. But I am saying that people can take care of themselves, and that's well, a much better gift to give an someone. An act of love is funded. Yes. An act of guilt is not. And it's really as simple thing uh, as that. The giving through love is always funded. That means you always have the energy, the resources, and it's always received in a wonderful manner. If it's not, then it's probably a guilt oblige, and it's not something best for the other person. But I, I, wait, okay, I think a lot of what the feelings around Christmas are and the stress is this pressure to keep things the same. We're always trying to recreate our childhood and everything. And one thing I have observed as we grow up and we get families of our own and then families of our own start having families of our, their own, 
a lot of the pressure comes in trying to recreate the Christmas from childhood, so going with your siblings and your parents, and then having a Christmas with your family, and then the in-law, and it's just too many people. And I think that that is really a big source of it, that you have to do the mother-in-law, and you have to do the mother, and then you have to do mm -hmm. the brothers, and then the kids, and everything. Maybe just getting the events to be less, and everybody realizing that, well, we have grown up. We don't have to have the same type of Christmas with our parents anymore. We're 45 years old, and our parents are such and such. And letting well, things evolve into what makes sense, rather than trying to cram so much into the one week's time. Well, there's a very simple axiom there, which is that you cannot have the same experience. You cannot have the same experience. That step on the same water twice? Yeah, river. it just cannot be done. And this anything that <coughs> is invested in recreating an experience, the old blessing does not resemble the new blessing necessarily. It could resemble it. But if this was taught to children, you cannot have the same experience. Twice, that's the whole basis of being a junkie, is that you're going to go out there and expect to have the same thrill that you had from injecting heroin the first time. Or, all right, fine, maybe you smoked it the first time. But still, that that's going to happen again, it's not going to happen again. And it's not going to be from increasing the amount that you inject into you. That doesn't work. There is the idea that, oh, that was a thrill. Okay, now I would like to find something else that gives me a thrill as opposed to, that's why human beings read, because there are so many books, so many stories to read that, that you know, even if you like the story, you really don't want to read the same book again, unless, of course, it's one of the books I wrote, but still. Uh, it is the idea that we cannot have the same experience <coughs> twice, so let's look for a new experience. So let's do whatever, um, let's do Kwanzaa, Let's do uh, Hanukkah. Let's do other things. And everybody switch off. Whatever your religion is, next year, celebrate somebody else's religion, okay? I, There's actually, a, just a completely different set of rules. I, that's not a bad idea. As yeah. a matter of fact, for a number of years, about 20 years ago to about 10 years ago, I, I told everybody to make up your own holiday <laughs> and take some from other people's. Festivus? And if you wanted to, like Festivus, yes, like on Christmas Day, if that's the day that you have off, mm -hmm. call it something else. Like take the Yom Kippur's idea of going and having that introspection and do that around the solstice and yeah. have that be your, your thing. Mm -hmm. And if you have those floating holidays like some companies have, assign it. Say it's your, your holiday. Do it on a weekend. Do it during an yes. evening. But create your own and celebrate and do these spiritual things. And you can take some from each religion because they all have beautiful yeah. things. Or at least they began that way, all of them. And so um, find your own customized thing. Uh, the a barista we know named Edward suggested that the when I said we're going to do a show on holiday guilt, he said, you mean about the human sacrifice 2,000 years ago? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's, that's <coughs> settling up on a lot of this stuff here. Excuse me. All things considered, I don't think it was Christmas that they did in uh, Christ on you know, this concept. But still, the idea of um, how about each family having uh, Christmas based on some family event that happened, you know, whatever that might be. But, you know, the creativity there is endless. You're well, I know. I, I think that's great. And I, I actually did things like that for years, and it was uh -huh. fun. It was a lot of fun. And I've been suggesting it to people, and I've 
I've heard some really great creative things that people have come that up with. That sounds like fun. Somebody can call in if they'd like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I've do. even suggested doing that based on holiday events and holiday anniversaries. Like the year that the water heater broke and we, yeah, we got blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, everybody's but, in a bathtub a talking to each other on cell phones. Not being able to let go. Yeah. Letting go of the past. E mm -hmm. Even if the past is good, you can still let go of it and it's not throwing it away and it's not negating its joy. But you celebrate it and then you create room for the next moments of joy. Yeah. And I think that you know, speaking of religion, a lot of the stuff in religion is just historical hearsay to a large extent. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there are some good messages in every single religion, but overall, these are just narratives to give us a symbolic knowing that we are more than our bodies and that we are loved, we are lovable, and that we are actually love personified, and that we don't die when we die. And I think that that's the large symbolic message. But what happens is we hold on to every little slight, like the Hatfields and the McCoys, as well as holding on to all the good things, mm -hmm. or what we perceive of as good things, and we don't let new things start, and we hold on to grudges. So it'd be very useful if we as a people developed the ability to let go of things that are from the past. Well, we're going to have to, because, I mean, we're not going to get out of the mud until we do, basically. I wanted to take a moment to talk about yeah, the yeah. Um, d latest device. Did you want to? Uh, well, we don't have to do that. Okay. We'll get to. We've got one camera person, so you're just going to have to give a little notice, I think, so that they can get it up. Yeah, close. I understand. Yeah. So anyhow, this is the um, sacred geometry version of uh, creation, which is the idea that there was the no thing which is the no thing, nothing. And if you were in the no thing, there would be no reference to tell if you were moving up or down, no reference to any direction whatsoever. So the concept is that part of the no thing became self-aware, became God, okay? And then this being eventually traced a circle in the no thing, and then a sphere. Is there something the matter? And then a sphere, Quiet. Uh, just, I thought you were, there we go. Hi. So the first sphere, and then this being created a second sphere. And when the spheres merged together, the three-dimensional vesica Pisces formed, and it was at that point that light came into existence. So this is a light generator. It, you can see the light generating off of it. It's really quite lovely and spectacular. Yeah. And uh, can't so you, you see, can look, look at the, in the camera, I mean, it's just glowing from the yeah. inside out. You guys see that from over there? So you can program this light. If you happen to own two of the normal, as though that were the word, waveform generators, there's a sweet spot between the two of them where the vesica Pisces forms, which would be some place you can become alert to and meditate in, for example. And this thing does generate its own uh, field and you can program the light. Where in your life would you like light to come in? And uh, that's what the little crystal is doing there, giving the uh, program that you put into the light a specific focus. So anyhow, this is just the latest thing that's come up. I built a prototype of it many years ago, but this is the, uh, the functional version of it. <coughs> so, just wanted to talk about that. So did you? No, it is pretty. Mm-hmm. 
the idea of holiday guilt. Well, the idea of guilt in general is um, something that's uh, taking the place of um, character, taking the place of integrity, taking the place of um, our ability to think for ourselves. And it would be good for we, the human race, to put an end to uh, not only guilt manipulation, ourselves personally being manipulated by guilt or manipulating somebody else by guilt and replace it with actual thought because guilt takes the place of thinking. And that's why zombie movies are so incredibly popular is because as soon as you feel guilty, you become dull and just kind of walk around Will without you? any life in you. And that's why everybody's got all this zombie stuff going on is Wait. we're all zombie guilty. Go ahead. Well, you had talked about depression being guilt. I agree with that. I, as you know, we've talked about guilt on this show for over a decade, close to 12 years. Yeah. Um, but I think that depression really comes from a sense of powerlessness based on our own self-judgment saying that we don't have a right to do something. So then we feel powerless and we feel we don't deserve. It, it's really yeah. a very full picture. Mm -hmm. And depression comes in many different types and many different levels of intensity. So it's not all about, oh, I'm depressed about not going to the prom. Uh, and it's, it's not always just that light, simple, simple thing. It's very deep-seated. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's a matter of multiple things, like a tangle, being all balled up with other things. And we try, to, uh, we try to confront it like that. Picture it being a big pile of laundry in the middle of the room, and you're figuring out how to put all this away, and it's overwhelming. And so if you sit and take it into little bite-sized pieces and mm -hmm. sort it into mm -hmm. here are the socks, here are the sweaters, and then deal with them one at a time, that is the way I got myself out of a depression. And I'm not talking about anyone else's. I'm just talking about mine that I went through for a number of years of my life that was very, very intense. And that did work for me. I found that I had way too much going on and not enough resources to accommodate that and too much guilt to let go of this idea that I had to still maintain that many things in my life. And once I sorted it out and put it into different stacks and different laundry, I, or different piles of laundry, I was able to take one at a time and just deal with it. And each one I dealt with, either by letting it go, forgetting it, giving it to someone else, I felt lighter and lighter and was able to feel more uplifted. Yeah, I, uh, excellent. I found a, a formula, which I am always love to do because it makes things simpler once you can formulize it. You can deal with it. Same thing as sorting laundry. The formula being that uh, guilt is and anger you feel you don't have the right to have, as right. we said. Okay, so if you're feeling guilty, you can put all of the guilt down all at once by saying that, and I'm not suggesting this is in any way false because it's absolutely true, we came to Earth to experience what it is like to be turned into a slave by guilt. That's what we came here to experience. Now, if we say that this is the experience we came here to have, you can say, well, I've had that experience, okay, and I'm now free from it because that's simply the experience I came here to have and the way in which we evolve is by having experiences. And since we evolve by having experiences, therefore an experience cannot be considered to be a bad experience because it helps us to evolve, nor can it be a good experience because it helps us to evolve. So it is just an experience. 
So once we acknowledged we came here to become slaves to guilt, and that's the experience we had, all right, we've had that experience. Now that clears the decks, at least it's potentially going to clear the decks. And then to recognize that guilt has been counterfeit thinking in our lives, and then to inhale and ask what would a person of character do under a situation like this? What would somebody who is reliable, someone who has integrity, someone who functions by principle, what would they do? Okay. And then, therefore, you can set your own course. You can become an individual. You can become great as opposed to, and then you're suddenly living on a planet where absolutely everyone seems to be enslaved to the, well, as I said, that's why zombieism is so popular in the movies. It's because as soon as you are guilty, you become dull and zombie-like and just walk into walls and people eat your brains. And yeah, literally, that's what's going on. Because if you were actually allowed to think, nobody's going to eat your brain. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why we've been saying holiday guilt, well, pay attention. This is what's going on. People that think a lot, their brains are pretty tough. So maybe yeah, the zombies don't want that. Ooh, tough brains. Now there is an expression. Chewy brains. Immortality. Well, I some think sort of some, some good advice is to let things unfold. We all get caught yeah. up in this idea that we have to control it or we have to create it manually with this willfulness of the physical form that just for the day, just let things unfold. If the food doesn't turn out exactly the way you thought it was or if some people didn't show up and others did and that it doesn't follow plans, just let it unfold and see how it is that it's a blessing. One, one of my favorite Christmas stories, quote unquote, is um, a number of years back, Neville's father got something in his eye. <clears throat> and it was Christmas Eve, and we took him to the emergency room. And they were obviously short-staffed on Christmas Eve, so we waited for quite a while. And there were two other gentlemen sitting in the waiting room with us, one an older guy and one a younger guy. Younger guys, kind of the yuppie, whatever we think of as upwardly mobile people. And that elderly guy looked like he was a kind of a frugal means or whatever. And the one guy says, how about them redskins? And he goes, oh, yeah, they traded so-and-so for such-and-such. And, such. and I, the, to me, talk like uh, small talk is like being locked with an insurance salesman. <laughs> Remember that old from that movie? I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be sitting here because Neville was getting ready to go in with his father. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a long night with that kind of a conversation going back and forth. So Neville and I started talking about Deepak Chopra's idea that we think 60,000 thoughts a day and none of them are new. And then Neville got up and left. And I could tell that these two guys thought that was pretty interesting. And next thing you know, this older man was telling us the story of how he got confused because, like, through um, Alzheimer's or something. And they some man conned him for $50,000 for 50 acres in Fredericksburg, right in the center of the town, and that he started taking ginkgo biloba and now has a lawyer and is trying to fight that. And it all just turned into, we started talking about everything that I discuss on this show, and they were just like dry sponges. They didn't want that small talk any more than I yeah, wanted no one it. Does. And by the end, about two hours later, we all stood up and hugged each other and looked outside and it started snowing. And I thought, what a great metaphysical Christmas story, you know? Yeah, it was very kind of Dad to have done that. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so because I think that, that does change people. 
And yeah. it was a different experience. And that goes to show you, if you let go of the plan and allow, you can have these little miracles. You may think, oh, I ran out of milk, and everybody's at the house waiting for uh, brunch and blah, blah, blah. But, and you're stuck at the store. Look around and say, what is that little Christmas story or the miracle thing that's waiting to unfold for you? Because mm -hmm. it exists everywhere. Yeah. No, the world can be a very different place than the way we have it. Mm -hmm. And people, and I never could figure out small talk at all from earliest childhood. There was just nothing I had to say to anybody most of the time. That's, a, that's an obvious guilt thing. I want to talk to you, but I can't talk about what I really want. So we'll talk about this neutral stuff so that neither yeah, of us will judge each yeah, other. Yeah. So then I would, I, what would I have to say? There had to be something, some interest most of which I'm still looking for, but nonetheless, this concept of um, um, talking about higher-end things. Well, we've <coughs> talked <coughs> for many years about our attention being our most sacred thing. Yeah. And that we train our attention. That is the precursor to everything I teach in my psychic development and everything. But actually, interest is also a superpower that we have because we are always waiting for someone else to make us interested in something to perform, to give us this, to dance, to tell us the story that entertains us. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure that we have to keep our husbands and our wives interested. We have to keep our bosses interested. We have to always be this, putting on a show. But no. interest comes from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. We could be interested in anything. Next time we think that something is boring, and you see I learned a lesson in that small talk thing, because yeah. I was judging it as being uninteresting. Well, then we're, we're being sold outresting things kind of all the yes. time by an unfeeling media that wants only to shake us down. Yeah, well, truly, that's except a, of that's course... That's a happy thought. <laughs> except, of course, for this program, which is here on behalf of you, and call in with something you think is interesting because that is the nature of us. We do pursue what makes us interested uh, in things. And um, our, uh, we've said it so many times, we have said it so many times on the show, our interest activates atoms. It activates reality. Our interest is penultimate in the universe. We have no clue. There's uh, some group of scientists now saying that atoms are not actually atoms until we have somebody looking for atoms. Then they, they really go, eats. oh, right, Dunk. and then we, uh, and then they form into atoms so we can allegedly study them, but they're only there pleasing us. Otherwise, we don't know what they're doing. We really don't. They could be up to anything. They're having, they're th that's and where they got waiting. the gremlins. And from. so, yeah, and so when we place our attention on something, then it forms the way we expect it to form. And right. that's very unknown to we the human race because everything does what you tell it to mm -hmm. except nobody realizes they have such authority and there are so many negative stories around about what will go wrong what will you know bacteria will take it over or it will collapse because of its age or uh, our bodies will grow older and and become older you know and because that's of course bad Cancel. It's a joke. Isn't that a goat? Bah. <laughs> That's why I said it that way. Oh, good. Okay. Now I know where the goat came from. See, see what you're what it, placing your attention. You're making will me do. fall a sheep. Sorry, goat. Sheep, whatever you are. It's half and half now. Make up our mind. 
half of you be goat, half of you be sheep. Thank you. Okay. And that's basically the human story. Okay, at this so point expectations in the of are then in, a superpower. Inspectations. I know, but yeah. expectations are also are a superpower of us. And our attention. Thought well, creates and where we place our attention I grows. That one. And if we taught our children that from the very beginnings of their life, and then you say, Oh, you're placing your attention on a bully, are you? Why don't you place your attention on martial arts? <laughs> there you go. That'll take care of that right away. Yeah, but yeah, we're incredibly powerful beings. We are indeed within God and we are at the same time God. It's a very interesting concept, but we have the ability to make decisions, which apparently not everyone has. I ran across a word that I found. I have a, a list of words that end in OS, and that would be logos, um, pathos, um, kairos, and a new one added to Cosmos. it is telos. Yeah, okay. Telos is uh, the basis of the word tell. And uh, when we say, oh, I can play poker because I can read the other guy's tells, the word telos actually means the potential within. In other words, if I find um, an acorn, there you can see it, the acorn. Okay, the telos of the acorn is an oak tree. Okay, so each of us has an individual telos. Or but a it's clue. Only, it's yeah. only when you get to a human being that that is not definable compared to, um, you know, like a sheep has a very I think it's very tellable, but we're just used to it. Well, yeah. Because there are usually smokestacks and loud noises and things like that that are, are <laughs> boom boxes. Tellos. Yeah, interesting word. Uh, we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Evan calling. Evan, hey, hey Evan. what can we do for you? Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Yeah, Same thank you. you. Uh, I Happy just wanted Hanukkah. to relay a, a, a thing I did. Uh, I, I paid off, uh, I guess you've probably heard about pay, people paying off layaway. Yes, yeah. I've been talking about that. That was so touching. We're going to do that next year. Yeah, I paid off a couple of uh, layaways for people this Christmas. Oh, that's so sweet, Evan. Not, not that I you know, take anything away from it, but you know, the idea of paying it forward. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, it's just a small gesture, but... That's all I was, you know, just suggesting if some, if you want to just make a small gesture, you can always just pay it off. I think that's and, wonderful. You know, thank you for that, calling. That's all, that's all. I was just going to, just a quick call and again, Merry Christmas. Okay. We love you. you. Merry Christmas yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm so Come glad to the restaurant he called. tonight if you get the chance. I'm so glad he called because uh, I was talking to Patty about that before the show. And yeah. um, it's something that I only recently read about. Had I read about it? sooner um, I, I mm -hmm. would have done that. But I think that is a really wonderful thing. Sort of the, um, it, it's, this is how s the viral type thing is, is very, uh, works Positive, in our favor. Yeah. Is that um, people go into Kmart because they have a year long or year round layaway program, but I think some of the other stores do too. And goes and looks for carts with uh, toys for kids and everything mm -hmm. and just pays them off. It's such an easy thing, and it's so much more personal than, than just sending it to an organization and that it may or may not ever reach anybody in particular. And there's 50 people in between you and your And there's virtually donation. no charity for American citizens yeah. that, that are just working in hard. I, I remember when I was raising my kids by myself, 
uh, have my husband got had an incident, got ill, and I was forced to raise my kids alone. I couldn't get any kind of charitable help. Not that I really wanted to, or was I, I wanted to do it myself. And and a lot of people do want to do it yourself. But the only way you can get help is if you just surrender and say, okay. I'll just go on complete public assistance. That there's nothing out there for people that are working hard, attempting mm -hmm. to raise their kids and feed them and have a little extra help. So if we start using our charity to go toward that, to help people who are really in, I mean, we travel a lot through Ohio, West Virginia, Indiana, that kind of area. And there is some abject poverty around there. I'm talking, uh, we went into one of those brew-through type places. One time, this was when I was out there by myself, and they didn't have the money to really stock. They, people would come in and say, what, do you, what kind of soda do you have? I've got one Dr. Pepper, one Sprite, and they'd pay them, and then they would run over to the, the grocery store and buy another six-pack. And that's how hand-to-mouth everybody is living. And mm -hmm. we don't see that where we are, but most of the country has that. And if we start, uh, you know, appreciating, maybe if we all start appreciating people will get out of the illusion and it will just disappear. Yeah, very definitely. And we got to start a layaway at Walmart now, damn. No, Kmart. Kmart, okay. Yeah, interesting, okay, we Mark. the humans. Okay, Mark, mm -hmm. all right. But there are many other things you can do. Okie dokie, Mark. Like just being nice. How about if we just be nice? It'll Can't happen. Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just not get along? We could. Well, we've, we're doing we've done that. that. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're quite good at that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, oh, guilt, yeah. It, it's, then we just don't teach people this. It, uh, a high school person, well, we if you now. ask them what guilt is, wouldn't be able to define it. Uh, just I feel badly about something because I could have done something else, which is kind of not really the answer. You know, guilt is an anger that you feel you don't have the right to have. Guilt takes the place of actual thought. The basis of guilt is attention. Notice how nobody ever noticed when anybody wasn't guilty except O.J. Simpson? What? And that's because everybody believed he was guilty, but the word guilt was involved. Hmm. But name 10 people that were found innocent. Oh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. O.J. was found innocent. I already said him. Ten other people. Oh. Yeah. I okay. thought you meant he was guilty. Well, found guilty. Yeah. Not okay. Was guilty. So back to the point, which is that guilt. What is the point? Go ahead. Guilt is. Um, where was I? Um, people don't look for innocence; they look for guilt. Is that what yeah, you're saying? There's no payoff in innocence. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have value to us. Guilt has great value, and that's how exactly backwards our society well, is. Well, we, we do mistake guilt for um, just our own personal self-worth and our personal boundaries and our personal power. We think that we have to have guilt in order to keep ourselves from doing something bad. And that, no, I think, is lie. the biggest fallacy and the biggest trick, yeah. is that if you're not feeling guilty and remorseful all the time, you're going to go out there and rob liquor stores and um, yell Get at small tattoos. children. And, and things like that. I mean, the fact is, is it's getting back to the idea that maybe we can trust ourselves. Maybe it's not like what Freud thought about this unconscious, with, filled with repressed desires that if you unleash them, they're going to go around madly uh, wreaking havoc in the world. What if we 
are innately loving and innately peaceful. And we really are. And we have to go way out of our way to train our children through neglect and non-love to be very violent. And it's easier to be loving. And children in their first couple of years of life, in the first couple of months particularly, they develop the ability to be very loving if they are held and everything. Yeah. But our world is... But also to be self-reliant is very important as well, not through neglect or abuse or anything like that. But that's how you get self-reliant. Yes, right. And I agree. That's the very first part of it. I'm agreeing with you that that has to be done. The child wants love, then is to be taught to be self-reliant. And we... There's no place that, see that's where the guilt comes in right away very easily there. We don't want to see the child run down by a car, so we absolutely bludgeon them with look both ways. My body looks both ways, I don't have to. Well, we do teach our children. Yes, but there's no place at which there's some ceremony to remove the guilt manipulation that the child was brought up with. Well. Because that's, there has to be a way to get we, the human race, raised without a bunch of adults that manipulate each other through guilt because that's been singularly the most effective method by which you can well, get I something done. Well, I observed years ago, we, we raised children either through guilt or violence. At least that has been the trends. But there are other ways to raise the children through education, through love. Yeah. And there is a tangible biological result of not being loving to children when they're small and holding them. If you look at World oh, War yeah, II and the orphanages yeah. and everything, children will die if they're not held. And uh-huh. they're finding with some of the kids from some of these war-torn countries that did not have, or, or were put in or- orphanages as small children, they don't develop this certain chain, com- chain of uh, event, chemical reaction in their brain mm-hmm. that enables them to have that compassion and look at another person and say, mm, I don't want to do this. And I think with our economic conditions where everybody needs to work two two job how I yeah, mean every household yeah. has to have two jobs just to pay me I mean basic well, basic living we're forced to have our children in daycare and you've got one daycare worker for like tw- 20 kids or whatever and they're well, not being held and they're not being given that love and it it's heartbreaking I know for the parents and right. we have to make this a priority there isn't a choice. Well, this is a, ha- a byproduct of the overpopulation that our planet is going through. Uh, it's just not well done. In other words, World War II, okay, the parents of all of those orphans were killed off. So we did our level best to take care of the orphans that were left. But it's not like that was done through planning and, oh, I, see, every one of those orphans would have been placed in a different world where there wouldn't have been a chance for the, the um that mind to form without the sequence in it, there would have been someone there to love the child. So the massive overpopulation, which seems to create people that are stranger killers, you know, this That's idea. That's all education, of, though. I mean, yeah, this is a process, and it's it's getting better. Yeah. But it really is a matter of education and letting people know that we are more than just ourselves and what right. we see around us. That we are part of a larger organism as well. Yes and to be consciously brought up that way, which is very important. Mm-hmm. And here okay. comes the duck, and there we go. And there's, and there's our beautiful Patisita with her lovely red shawl. Oh my goodness. 
And I got gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. Freedom, I'll take it. Gratitude and freedom. Yes, that was George Bernard Shaw, as a matter of fact. Okay. So freedom is very important also, the idea of the ability to create mm -hmm. within yourself. Yeah, there's the, and there are people that come. See, everything is the experience. That's the thing about it. Once everything is just an experience, it's a different world to live in because then there it's isn't that, there isn't that, uh, that judgment involved in things. So that's the Teflon trinity. Uh, nothing sticks, you know, the, the basic attitude. We have our caller? Not yet. This is the part of the show that if you wish a reading from Mary, you may call in. Or if you have a question. Uh, and on remember, next week, the 29th, is our 600th show. If you guys have liked Telepathic TV over the years and you want to come down and be in the audience and just have a good time, and we go give to us Ruby, a call. Ruby Tuesdays afterwards. Yeah. So next week is going to be quite an event. And uh, do step in. Yeah, call us and if you would like to attend so that we, okay, yeah. we have a call. And hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Shannon. I met you guys Shannon. last Thursday. Hi, yeah. Hi. How are we doing? Hi, I'm good. Great. I have um, two questions, and um, I also have comments. I love your show tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys you. are totally talking about everything that I completely work against, and um I wanted to ask, I had a dream when my mother passed away, I was five months pregnant, and I remember seeing her on a terrace, and she was wearing yellow, and she never wore yellow, it wasn't her color, she didn't like it, and she came not with a smile, not with a frown, but she just had this stern look on her face, and I woke up, and it, I, I woke up with guilt, feeling like, why, why do I, why do I feel guilt, and did I rush her into meeting me in the dream? Hmm. Okay, well, guilt is a false premise always. Guilt is this idea of, uh, if, you, uh, if you analyze guilt as an anger that you don't have the right to have, in other words, mom, what was this about? And that's the anger that you don't feel you have the right to have. You see what I'm saying? Well, she rules with an iron fist, so she... Oh, well, there's the there's anger. There's a lot of guilt trips, and I think yeah. that I left feeling, oh, my gosh, I just had a dream about my mother right after she passed away. And yeah. so now I'm seeing her face, and it automatically brings back those emotions. But and I, the anger, yeah. What, now, just I the wanted one. to ask, what does that mean? I mean, does yellow have anything to do with it? Does meeting yeah. her in private on a terrace? Well, I, I was hearing when you said tear us, I heard tear us, like you tear us apart. And oh. the yellow represents our solar plexus power chakra, yeah. which is really that power. And I think what that dream was, your mother came back, but maybe in this, um, maybe much a, a broader type of an energy, showing you that you feel she still has some of your power in the form of that guilt and not being good enough or being afraid of her judging what you're doing and so it was an opportunity to tear yourself away from some of those old paradigms mm -hmm. is, yeah. is how I would see it and get uh, more authentic to yourself again. And because uh, your mother never wore yellow to me says that she was, pardon the word, afraid that she had certainly um, uh, a relationship with her own power. In other words, she had agreed that in her lifetime she would experience power 
as uh, an overuse of it as oh a, over the whole family indeed right that okay totally makes sense. now the control rather than the command was what was going on there you know, the word control is a mythological nonsense that they sell us early on um, because there is no possibility of you not being in command of your life we teach this on the show by saying that uh, someone else is driving who is in command of your life well you are someone else is driving aren't they in no they aren't you are you know the wreck and the guy just opens the door and goes can we do that again god that was fun everybody <laughs> else killed you know what i'm saying Yes, yes. Yeah, so we are always in command of our lives. So your mother got caught, it appears, in that control drama that were sold from early on, and power looked like the iron fist to her. That's why she couldn't stand yellow, because it would remind her of her true power. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there were some crazy dynamics. I never understood her... So the other question I had was mm -hmm. if I could please get a reading from Mary sure. about my spiritual path and the journey okay. that I'm on right now. Ooh. Okay. And I'm going to hang up. Okay. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I loved meeting you guys. You're awesome. Oh, well, thank you. If you, you too. get the opportunity, come to the restaurant tonight. We're actually leaving tomorrow. Oh, okay. To home in South Carolina. But... You will be seeing me again because I really enjoy your show. And thank you. you definitely relate to it. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, the first card we got is the Thunderbolt. And this talks about sometimes, uh, you know, that idea, our inside voice and our outside voice and all that, that every type of voice we have has a purpose. And sometimes it, it is a matter of just clearing the playing field, like saying, stop, do this, and, and just getting things to uh, unilaterally shift and change. And I feel like you've done that. Sometimes that can come in the form of something happening, like layoffs at work or whatever, and then we get to the place, ah, I didn't really want to be there anyway. Now I'm going to start creating my life. And I feel like you've already done that. You've, you've leveled some things out of your life that you didn't want there. And that has revealed this inner self, this dark night of the soul where you go in and get everything and, and look at your own personal truth and you can see the blinds which represent our thoughts are moving out and that blue sky is showing and we really don't get to that great place of ascension until we go through and really let go of those inner things and you've been doing that so you've been on your inner odyssey and where that's taking you is this balance point between head and heart and I do kind of feel like there's this big direction change that's going to be for the better and that the next couple of months, especially January, is going to hold some new interesting things. So remember to answer the phone and return some calls that may not sound all that appealing because they may have something interesting for you. Mm -hmm. Do we have another call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yes. Good afternoon. My name is Rosa. Rosa M. Lewis. How are y'all doing? Good. Oh, good. How are you? How about you? Okay, I miss talking to y'all. I'm just calling for a reading. Okay, it's good to hear from you again. Thanks for yeah. calling. Thank you. Okay, and the first card we get is turning in. I know that if I'm remembering correctly from some past conversations that there might be some communication breakdowns at times with people close to you or with family. And even if I'm remembering that incorrectly, I'm still getting this uh, input. Uh, this uh, feeling right now that 
you have had to, throughout your life, learn how to turn off those outer voices and those critical things in order to listen to your own voice. And so some of the things that look like hardships or abandonments in your life have actually been trainings for you to be able to master your attention. Yeah. And, and right now is a time to say, I don't have to be involved in things that don't really resonate with me anymore, that if I take that step out, I'm going to be funded and I'm going to be okay. And here is where your master guide, your master teacher, your higher self, your ability to master all situations is coming to help you out right now. And it does feel like the, the money flow is going to start opening up and you may want to check into something. And it has to do with Maryland. I don't, I don't know what John Hopkins, is that in Maryland? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, is that near Baltimore or something? Yes, it is. It is. Okay, the, I'm feeling something significant about that area. I don't know if it makes any sense to you now, but please keep that in mind because it okay. may in the next couple of months. Oh, no. So, thank you. My mm -hmm. birthday is New Year's Eve. Oh, hey, happy birthday! Happy thank birthday, you. Patty yeah. Sita's birthday is January first. So, lots of loving small, birthdays. Small. Well, happy birthday! Yeah. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you okay. very much. Do we have time for another? We have our next caller. No. No. Okay. Well, we are as always going to be at Ruby Tuesdays, and we'll be. Um, Plotting a palmistry class, probably February-ish, I think. Yes, and, and um, I'm starting the psychic development series up again in good. January, most likely. So if anybody's mm -hmm. interested, let me know. We really have a lot of fun, and there's a lot to that. We even do psychic detective stuff and some, some of the segments of it, medical mm -hmm. intuition, and pretty much cover every aspect of psychic development mm -hmm. in a balanced way. Yeah, Okay. that's yeah, very important. In the tarot, of course. And that we all create what it that is. That really we is quite lovely. It's a remarkable device. Mm -hmm. I've been, uh, I have, I think I, oh, in my sleep I put a program in it. And you know what? That's, um, uh, it's an awakening program I put in it. That's interesting. Not just me. Mm -hmm. And I do And it worked. You that. woke up this morning. Evidently. Mm -hmm. There are rumors circulating. And indeed, I woke up this morning. We may wonder. Yeah. But um, I think what would be a fun, a fun show is if we we've done this, but not on the show. We draw one card in that, and we talk about everything that comes to us from that card. I think that would be an interesting thing. No, well, draw a card. Let's see what happens. Okay. Not that one. Friendliness. There we go. Okay. So orange and yellow and red are friends, and orange is their child. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, okay. See? The Actually, trees, all the colors are... The trees grow close enough together, like College of Bronze, pillars mm -hmm. of, of love, and yeah. that the, the winds can blow th between you. And then the Tao of Relationships, it says, be alone when you're together, and together when you're alone, mm -hmm. and you'll always be happy. And it's actually very profound. Think about that. And friendliness has to begin with you. You have to still retain your own color or the blending won't happen. Because okay. if you lose your yellow, it's just pink there. Yeah, it's bait and switch. When I was uh, 14, maybe shark skin, which I don't know if anybody's heard of, as a fabric, shark skin was uh, invented. And I saw it for the first time. Hmm. And from a certain angle, it was one color. And from another angle, it was another color because they'd woven the two threads together, and it would just depend. So if you moved your sleeve like that, and the way the fabric folded would change its color on it. So I thought that was really quite an amazing concept. And so I've been 
for uh, the vast majority of my life attempting to use my imagination to generate a color that I've never seen before. I have dreamed of a color I've never seen. Three, two, well, one. It was our story, joy and honor to take you to the door. Anyhow, that is possible, but I found it by doing an overlay of a couple of different colors. Three colors, in fact. Thank you.